Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Dr. Susanna Pecci. Welcome. Thank you so much for the opportunity of being here. Oh, that sounded very formal, Susanna. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. It's great to be here and to share this space with you. Well, it's a fantastic opportunity to talk about the work that you're doing, why you're doing it, and the purpose that runs through that. So why don't you kick off by sharing what it is that you are focusing on right now? So my focus now and and what has been for a little while is around psychological trauma, um, which people tend to kind of their faces fall when I mention that and people think, oh, it's really heavy topic. But for me, the the point is it's really common and we 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 don't want to think that as as kind of as members of the public. And and I'm a doctor and in my medical profession, people don't like to think that. But it's extremely common and the impacts of psychological trauma run through everything we do. And so I see this so much in both physical manifestations of of health and and ill health and also people's behaviours, the way they show up at work, the way their relationships work. And the important thing is there's so much we can do about it. So if we recognise it, we can actually really change someone's life. So I'm really passionate now about raising awareness about the fact that psychological trauma exists, being able to recognize what the impacts are and being trying to do something about it. So tell me, what is it that we need to rec- We need to recognize? What is it that, is it individually or in other people or both? All of it. So there's a lot where um, often we don't recognize it in ourselves. And if we have more self-awareness, then we can realize the way that we perhaps react to situations, respond to people, that we sometimes, so there's a phrase people say, I'm not behaving in my best self. So that way of of not not responding from a a grown-up rational place, that's usually because of something that's happened and beliefs that we formed around ourselves it's recognizing it in other people. So if we can see it in someone else, if we can recognize it, we can have more compassion with them that if they are responding in a way that is potentially not their best selves, then we can have more compassion for it and take a step back and respond with them, respond to them with a more um, that expansiveness and more inquiry then things don't escalate. 
And it's as a society, if we can have an understanding as a society of, of that these things exist and the impact of psychological trauma, you know, if you think there's individual traumas, but there's also things that happen as a group culturally, you know, if we're thinking in terms of the Me Too movement, all that that brought out for women, if we're thinking in terms of racism, if you think of what happened with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, all of these things are, are there day to day and they impact how we behave and interact with each other. So if we can just have that awareness and take a step back, it can radically change how we, yeah, how we work and, and interact with people. So having the awareness, taking a stem, step back, then what? If we can have that awareness and step back, then we can change how we respond and react. So we have a choice. We bring in a space of how we then respond and react. And so if we, so it's actually that we we respond rather than reacting. So often if we don't notice and we don't take that step back and we don't create and allow that space and that distance, we react the person we're with reacts and it's just a chain of reactions that can spiral. If we take a moment to think about how to respond, that might be best for both whoever we're speaking to and ourselves, then things don't escalate and things can, the conversation, the interaction can be much calmer, much more productive, and the outcome tends to work much better for both people. So let's take a step back. And look at what psychological trauma consists of itself. Essentially, when it comes down to it, psychological trauma are just normal responses to an abnormal event. So if something horrific happens, the body, all it does is want to get to survive. So it's all just about survival. So when we're in that state of threat, it's the primitive part of the brain that takes over. Our prefrontal cortex, that thinking, that problem-solving executive function goes offline and our survival instincts take over. And the brain and body are simply looking to survive. And so a cascade of things happen in the body. We got lots of hormones, adrenaline and cortisol release that makes our blood pressure increase, our heart rate increase, our breathing increase. All our senses get hyper alert, our muscles get, you know, really tense to in preparation for what we need to do. And usually, if you think about in terms of animals, when that threat's passed, animals will shake it off. And you can see footage of this. You can look it up on YouTube that when a threat has passed, when a predator has passed, animals will literally shake it off and then they go about their business. We don't. So as humans, when threat has passed, we just tend to hold it in. And it's that holding in and that suppression that tends to cause then dis-ease in our system. So our bodies haven't been able to get rid of that excess adrenaline, get rid of that excess emotion that's been building up. We just push it, push it down. So we don't complete that cycle. We don't get back to balance, back to homeostasis. And when that happens repeatedly again and again and again, then it can come up in the body in lots of physical manifestations, 
Um, so things such as, um, and so this is, there's a big link with these. It's not to say if someone has trauma, then they get these conditions, but there's a massive overlap with things like chronic fatigue, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, autoimmune conditions, skin conditions. There's a massively increased risk of even having things like heart attacks and strokes. So it has a huge health impact, but importantly, it's for that individual of how they go about the world and how um, they feel safe in the world and how they're able to to interact, which then has impact on what work they do, how successful they are at work, relationships they have. So there's it, it just has wide ranging impact. So why has the human body forgotten or lost this power to shake it off and to hold it? What's the purpose behind holding in the trauma? It's social acceptance. So it's it's that, um, you know, we, if you see somebody, so an example I, I often give is, you know, if you imagine that you'd... Um, bought some beautiful glass vase that's really fragile um, that you've been saving up for months to get. And you're kind of in a reverie of thinking about how it's going to look on your shelf with a glass bouncing off it, that you don't notice a motorbike speeding down just as you're about to step off the road. If you jump back and get to safety, you're not hit by the motorbike, but you will have dropped the vase and made a complete mess everywhere in the middle of a shopping center, if someone stands there and shakes it off, people will look at them like they're mad. So it's that socially acceptance that rather we would hope that no one's noticed, quickly try and make a, you know, make the mess go away and scuttle away. And then we may, when we get home, just start berating ourselves and and feel that intense shame that we did something so ridiculous. So it's that real, it's that that societal um, pressure of needing to feel socially accepted and not to be seen as an outsider. Um, you know, it, it's something that we culturally, as we've kind of become more and advanced in inverted commas society, we've lost those natural instincts that we we all still have so we could all still do that it's possible to to shake it off and one of the things that people can do is you know we have this incredible human capacity to actually shelve things so you don't need to do it in the moment so it could be like for in that example that you do you know pick up the bits of glass safely obviously um, get home and then when you're at home punch a load of pillows dance around your kitchen and really let off that that stress that's been in the body of being nearly hit by a bike the upset of having wasted all that money on the vase and let it out so it's not something that you need to do necessarily in the moment how did you get into this being your speciality Susanna personal experience so it's something that um, I think tends to be either consciously or subconsciously, anyone working in this area, I think, has their own story. 
there's this phrase, the wounded healer, that I think is very applicable to, to most people who kind of end up in the health and wellbeing sphere. So for me, um, I, you know, looking back on my life, there were clearly signs for decades, but I just, I just didn't see them. And for me, what was very bizarre, I've, you know, worked as a doctor for for many, many years, um, qualified in 1999 and always gravitated towards mental health. Um, and although I've trained as a GP, I've set up mental health services in 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 Australia and and in England. I've worked in commissioning, always kind of veered towards mental health. And then um, it was in late 2015, I started becoming unwell. I thought I had depression again. I'd had several times depression, what had been labelled with as depression, but had never really felt resolved. And I took myself off to see a therapist, as I've seen umpteen therapists over the past two decades. And she was the first one who started recognising what was going on with me. And she very gently said, um, I think you might have PTSD. And I did say, do you know who I am? And um, much to her credit, she just, you know, took it in her stride and we talked it through. And I was just horrified that I had not noticed at all, not picked it up at all. Um, and I then went to see a specialist therapist, um, trauma therapist, who um, I credit with saving my life. Um, and it led me to a period of, of real intense seeking of, you know, trying to read and find any books I could on the subject. I ended up enrolling in a master's in psychological trauma just to try and get myself well and understand what was going on with myself, never thinking I'd finish it. And doing this studying, I realized just how much research is out there about this topic, that as a doctor, even one specializing in mental health, I had no idea about. I'd only ever related it to war and combat. And it was almost like putting on glasses that I, I can't then take off. You kind of see then how present it is, how prevalent it is, how many people I've managed poorly because I just didn't have this knowledge. And all of that inadvertently, which is what really drives me now to try and share this understanding so that more people can be positively impacted. Well, thank you, is is what I can say, is thank you for uncovering this whole area and but bringing it to light. And this is this is the mission that you now have in terms of what started out as a conversation about trauma and and with that a lot about a lot of shame and and shame's a big topic right in itself but ptsd and now going into what it now means for you to be working in this field and supporting other professionals in this field as well it's you know you're not doing this alone yeah it i mean it's something that i have to be honest within the medical profession they're very um stuck in you know it's very hard to change the medical profession um it's very hard to try and influence training um i am involved um 
I do do some teaching at Bright Medical School where we do do a very tiny amount around this. And there are more people becoming aware of the importance of this. So there's, um, we hear so much more about trauma in the media. I mean, we're talking about it here. We see it um, written about in the in everyday press, mainstream media, in TV shows, in documentaries, in a way that we didn't even five, 10 years ago. And there's this real appetite, I think, from the public of wanting to know more and an expectation that in this, you know, health and well-being sphere that we do know about it and understand it. Um, so, yeah, so I'm trying to work with colleagues to try and raise awareness and really look at um, where I can to to help teach and train people. So I, yeah, I run a program for healthcare professionals and life coaches to become trauma informed just so they can have that understanding, which both sheds a light on their own stories, but then gives them tools and understanding and confidence to be able to notice and recognize this and support people in their work. And the purpose piece, Susanna, how does that fit into this? The purpose piece? What do you yeah, mean? In terms of, in terms of would you call this your purpose in life? Yes. So I would call this my purpose. This feels, um, it's really interesting looking back, being able to look back. I can see that all of the, all of the different jobs that I've done and also courses and things that I've done outside of my kind of traditional work have all led me to this, that, 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 and now the way that I work, um, so looking at, um, I run a project um, for um, people with complex PTSD in Brighton using lots of holistic therapies um, and the training that I, the training program I do for life coaches, I weave in teachings and trainings and experiences that I've had over the last 25 odd years. Um and this really is, does feel like this is what I'm here to do to be able to make this change. And in terms of the the focus on why element and, and it's your purpose to be doing this, what about the purpose for the people who are coming on board and learning about it, but also those who are being healed by it? it is purpose a part of that journey for them? Yeah, I think so. I think um, it's... I think people start to see the possibilities. I think there's so often in this sphere of um in this sphere around psychological trauma where there's huge overlaps with mental health, where people actually have often been misdiagnosed um with things like resistant depression, resistant anxiety. Um, emotionally unstable personality disorder or borderline personality disorder when actually underlying it was trauma and people have um, been told that's just how they are and that there is nothing that they can do to change they then can see there's hope and the predominant sentiment and and kind of feeling and and a conversation piece from people who have been through really either of my programs to be honest is about taking this wider so there's just ripple effects of people wanting to take it further 
because they then know having had their own lived experience of being on both sides they want to share that wider and so that then becomes their purpose to do it from their angle in their way and so we see people using whatever it is they're already doing so whether it's um that they're working as a life coach and they incorporate this into their work or whether they are an artist and they use this to work more in art therapy or they're working with movement and they incorporate this more into their yoga practice and their yoga teaching so it's um it absolutely i think it's that fundamental thing about hope that it really gives hope and helps people shape then what they're doing and hope is a is a difficult thing to understand explain to me how you give people or or you empower people to have hope i think it i mean it starts with believing people i think there's so many where people many people who've had experiences of um horrific things happen they know something's happened in their body and mind that something just feels stuck and unresolved and yet they are told repeatedly that it's in their head or they're making it up or there's actually nothing wrong lots of tests have been done there's nothing that can be found and it can be really soul destroying so to be able to say to somebody yeah actually this is your body trying to keep you alive these are normal responses to an abnormal situation and there are all of these things these tools these lifestyle changes that you can make that can help change that that um processes that are going on in your body it gives people the the possibility and gives them agency so when something traumatic has happened that that control has been taken away so it's giving people back that sense of control that sense of choice and giving them possibilities and options that they can choose and then people start to make those choices and start to make some of those changes and then they have an embodied lived experience of it, of a possibility of it being different and that gives them hope and it does come down to that control as well of understanding what they people are are able to control what they're not able to control and it, it for me that's the foundation for the work i do in terms of of purpose is i take i start that's where i start i start with helping people to really understand what they are able to affect what they can do about things and how they can then realize well you know you're not going to change the weather you're not going to change other people's responses but you are responsible for you and and that that seems like at the core of your work as well absolutely and it comes back to what we were saying at the beginning we can't change everything else everyone else around us but we can change how we react and we respond to them and if we can own that and take responsibility for how we are it impacts others it has a ripple effect of of then how we react and respond to others then it changes how they react and respond and then that takes it wider so it absolutely is about modeling that and showing people that there is that possibility and you know to be aware you know it's not like i've got this completely sussed you know we all have moments where this doesn't work but it's knowing that it's a possibility now there's a, for me there's a a paradox here 
that you wouldn't be doing this work had you not experienced this yourself. Or, or perhaps you might be, but you w wouldn't be doing it to the same level and have the same amount of gravitas behind your work. Do you believe in that? It's a really interesting question. Um, yes, I do believe in that. However, I would never wish these experiences on anyone else. So there's a real, I'm really careful around that. I think there can be a lot in the um in the personal development sphere of that idea of um you know all your experiences are a gift and you know and looking at it from that i i don't see what happened to me as a gift at all what i do what i am very acutely aware of is with my um status as a doctor and with my knowledge and understanding of the body and my experience of, you know, 24 years of, of practicing, I am able to influence and to say things um, and be open about my experience. And I know me being honest about my experience gives other people courage to speak up around theirs. It's also being in the profession that I'm in, I see it. So I have been kind of, if you like, complicit in that minimizing because that's how I was taught. So I know that's what I used to do. And for me, there's a real drive of then trying to right some of that wrong and be part of the change to bring this more into medical education, medical understanding. Um, and to, yeah, to show people that there is a different way. But I, yeah, and, and I suppose kind of coming back to your question, I realised I kind of skirted around it. It was, I, I completely accept and acknowledge that if I hadn't had those experiences, I wouldn't have, I mean, I'd always, like I said, I've worked in mental health, but I never got the point of trauma until I became very unwell myself. For me, and this is really important to acknowledge, me being unwell had massive detrimental ripple effects on my immediate family. So on my husband and my children, you know, having someone who is so desperately unwell can only have impacts. And I need to then make something good out of it. I can't just sit and um, kind of have that knowledge around the detrimental impacts. And I want to, a big drive for me is to show my children the possibility of making change. And so that that's again a, a, another personal driver for me is to show them about, yeah, turning something that was horrific so it's not just the incidents, it's 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 actually the the unwellness that happened with it of turning that around and doing something positive with it. And there is a, an understanding along with a lot of people I've spoken to in, on this show that purpose and suffering come together, that a lot of people who share their horrific experiences and and then as a result are now very focused, very driven with their purpose. There is definitely that life is suffering is an understanding that, yes, you know, it's not all 
rainbows and and fun. You know, there are moments and many moments in life where we have challenges. And again, your focus of wanting to show your children as an immediate sort of surrounding the people who are immediately around you that there's possibility but then again to extending that to beyond the family to to making this a bigger mission a biggest a bigger purpose and yes I, I totally agree that you know it's not a gift it, it, but it is something that has been a catalyst yes yeah that's a really good word actually to say that as a catalyst yeah that feels much better I think it's I think in in this topic, the language around it is really important. Um, and yeah, I think you're absolutely right. This this has no doubt been a catalyst. And working in this way and showing the possibility feels just really important. And I'm I'm very aware of me being honest about what's happened to me and how I in my position as a as a doctor who's worked within mental health that I didn't understand it and 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 my journey within that I hope that that honesty really helps some understanding around um the medical profession's lack of understanding with with these things and and I know from having spoken to to countless people about this who I've who I've worked with, that's me being very honest about how debilitated I was, and that now I am able to do this, gives them that hope and that possibility of exploring their purpose of how they might be able to use what happened to them as a catalyst for their next phase of their life. So going back to that specialist therapist who you credited with saving your life and understanding, again, how pivotal one person can be, your work, knowing that what you're doing now will be of so much importance, so much value to to so many going forward. Do you see this as a, a living legacy? That feels like a really big question. Um I think if I'm really honest, thinking about it like that feels too big and overwhelming that I'm just trying to make my change in my corner and do that to the best of my ability and to shake things up as much as I can. But I think using the word kind of, you know, living legacy just makes it feel really big and it's also the 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 fact that trauma like i said is so common there's so much of it out there feeling that i need to try and change it all can feel really overwhelming so yes there is very much part where i want to change the world for my children for the future i am very conscious of that um but i'm to make it manageable i kind of bring it smaller which maybe is something I need to work on, actually. It's really, I've never been asked that before, so it's really interesting. Well, it, it's something that uh, I, as part of the work I do, in it's about collaboration. And for me, the shared purpose goes so much further. And, and I, 
yes, you're 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 doing all that you can and making all the change you can in your corner. But what if you could bring in other people and and then that doesn't feel like it's overwhelming or it's or it's too big, but then the effect is so much greater and and so many more people are then believed, as you said, and and then that can then create all of those global ripple effects without it leading you to to burn out exhaustion to you know it's it's that collaborative piece right absolutely and i mean you're so right and it's something that i'm i've really been working on this year around this piece of being more visible because it's actually one of the um impacts of trauma is to stay small and not to not to be seen and that's something that i've been grappling with for decades so that piece of um, really being seen and saying, hey, look at me, I'm an expert in this um, for, for me personally. And I see, you know, I see this repeated over and over again, but I can speak for me personally. Um, at times feels life threatening. So there's this needing to use all of the tools that I know and teach about to make sure that my system knows it's safe and absolutely I know that collaboration is the way to get this message out wider which will mean that I'm more able to fulfill my purpose to a greater degree which is ultimately what I'm what I'm here for. Yeah, I didn't want to scare you in terms of using the legacy word because it is a big word right it's it is a it's a an evocative word as well because it it brings in the the mortality element of of life and and that is again something that you know we can't shy away from it's going to happen but it's the case of the living legacy is that you get to choose and affect more change in your lifetime so it's not just what you leave behind it's what you're able to achieve in this time and again i'm not i'm not talking about you know, being recognized or being super well uh, known or, or famous, but just know that your work is is really taking effect and, and really seeds of change are happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I think if you if your motivation is is about um fame and fortune, it never, you know, that's never going to take you very far. But it, you're absolutely right. And I really, I'm really grateful for the question, because I think it's really um, made me kind of aware of that piece that I tend to try and kind of ignore a bit. Um, but my, you know, the whole reason that I'm doing this, the whole, whole, um, my whole, yeah, mission and purpose around this is to try and change the world around that understanding piece around psychological trauma and its impact. And yeah, there is no way that I can do it on my own. And so collaborating with others, which will also throw up, it's also that, you know, throw up different ideas that I would never have thought of and, and ways in that I never would have thought of. And it's, you know, working with other people is ultimately always much more fun. So yeah, collaboration is something that I I am exploring and I'm very much starting to be much more open to. Whereas in the past, I think even the thought of doing that would have been too frightening. But it's something um, as I'm looking towards the end of this year and next year, I'm I'm really excited to to wonder 
where I will be and who I will be working with in the next 12 months. Well, I will know when your contribution has really taken hold, when I see someone shaking it off in the middle of a supermarket. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like seriously. And I will be, I mean, personally now, I don't mind shaking something off in public if that means that I'm not going to hold on to that trauma in the future. For for a moment or two of maybe a bit of embarrassment and shame, then wow, uh, you know, to not take it on for, for decades and... And I'm not trivialising the trauma here. It's just, it's seriously, there's there's been moments where recently in the last few years, there's been some serious trauma in my life uh, with, with my son and my husband having ver- two very serious accidents. And I, I haven't done anything with it, but, you know, I might just go and have a good shake off. And I know that's not going to solve it a- at all but and, and get rid of it, but it will help. And, you know, I'm, I, there's more to it than that. But... Yeah. Wow. If, you know, we should learn more about just how incredible our bodies are in the, the physical elements of what we can do. Absolutely. And it's, it's remembering our body's natural state is about healing. You know, our bodies want to heal. Our bodies have that capacity to heal. It's amazing what our bodies do every single hour of every day. And what our job is consciously is to try and create an environment to allow our bodies just to do their thing. If we can do that, our bodies, our bodies know, our bodies know what to do. And and is it and you you saying it that the brain is shutting that down? That is it is it a disconnect there? Yes. So one of the big things to do that happens with trauma is because um because it's so painful and because it's so um emotionally painful to think of what happens so it's emotionally painful and frightening and terrifying and there's rage and anger and all these emotions that are very um big and as a society where you know they're not ones that we are encouraged to delve into what we do is we cut off So it's very common people are kind of essentially cut off from the neck down and just don't feel their body. So they don't feel physically when they get pain, when they feel unwell, they don't feel when they're full. So people can tend to overeat. They often don't necessarily have awareness around their boundaries, literally, so can bump into walls and door frames and end up with kind of bruises because they just don't they just don't notice their kind of their body. They're just kind of literally living in the head. So encouraging someone to work through and feel is what is needed. So there's kind of this phrase, I don't know where it came from, but to heal, we need to feel. But that can be very painful. So it needs to be done slowly and with support and with a lot of safety and you know, equipping someone with tools around it. But it's then when when people can become more in touch with the body, then people are more able to to process what's coming up, to notice those feelings and emotions and let them come through us. And then when you allow it to come through, then the healing can occur. But it's when we suppress it all down and cut off and numb ourselves down to it, we just have no, not even any awareness that it's there, let alone thinking about what we can do with it. So Susanna, how would people become more aware of the, the trauma work that you do 
be more trauma informed? So I have a website, um, which is uh, my name very imaginatively. Um, so it's drsusannapecci.com. The program that I run is called Trauma Sense. So if people either look up Trauma Sense or my name, they'll essentially find a website that's got details of what I do and how to get in touch with me. And I'm really interested to hear from people if they've got questions. Um, and like you said, any kind of collaboration would be most welcome. Fantastic. Well, I mean, this conversation has really blown my mind in so many different ways and and I'm really look forward to to reflecting on it and and then I, in my reflections with actions episode pulling on a few of these threads that we've we've talked about today and yeah it, it really I can see how it would benefit the work I do with helping people build their life purpose and and understand the work that you do bringing that in I can really see a, a great synergy there so thank you for enlightening me particularly but I, I know that there will be many questions that people who are listening for the listener they will be thinking wow I did not know this and and the couple of things that really come to mind is being cut off from the neck down and and to heal we need to feel the last couple of things that you just said have really resonated so wow thank you so much for for coming on and sharing your focus on why do you have some final words please Susanna yeah just that idea of hope that there is absolutely this is something that is really common and it's possible to heal to change how we are to change our state and to move through it How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, Focus on Why.